0: Bishop was 10 minutes into his sermon, live streaming, gets robbed basically on television by gunmen who run into his church. Here's the video. How many of you have lost your faith because you saw somebody else die? What you about to go through? Yo, yo, all right, 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 all right, right. Yo,
1: all right, all right. Nobody move. move.
0: There's more video. I cannot imagine what that entire congregation was going through when this happened. Remember, there were a significant number of kids inside of that building. Here's one of the gunmen initially running up to the bishop to steal his uh, bling and a second one comes to clean it up. Here it is. All right, and when this happened, the church was obviously stunned. Here's some of the reaction caught on that camera. Come on, hustle. Very sad. All right, let me give you some history, some background to this. Uh, Bishop Lamort Whitehead uh, is known to be controversial at times. I'm not dealing with his controversy. I'm dealing with the fact that he was preaching his sermon. It's a congregation and you got people with guns, children are scared, everybody else. So he's preaching, gunmen walk in, they go directly after him and they go after his wife. Okay. Now there are those on social media blaming the preacher saying it is because he wears a lot of jewelry. Okay. And for that reason, he was in fact targeted. Uh, the Bishop was robbed at gunpoint in the middle of his sermon on Sunday in, a, in Brooklyn. And it was caught on video. Bishop L'Amour Whitehead says five to 10 minutes into the sermon, he saw the door in the back of the room kicked open and three or four men walked in with guns. He believes he was targeted. The station says the service was being live streamed. Whitehead of Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries told CBS News and I quote, I said, all right, all right, all right. Pretty much stating that I'm not going to do anything because I know you're coming for me. You're coming straight to me. I don't want my parishioners hurt. I've got women and children there. He explained further, and said, as I got down, one went to my wife and took all her jewelry and had the gun in front of my eight month old baby's face, took off my bishop's ring, my wedding band and took off my bishop's chain. And then I had chains underneath my robe and he started tapping my neck to see if I had anything else. So that means they knew, they watched, and they knew that I have other jewelry. All right, Bishop, you are correct. This was a planned operation. They came in, they knew exactly what to go after, and they were well aware that you had jewelry underneath your ministerial attire. According to one report, they stole $400,000 worth of jewelry off of the pastor. Now, pastor, if you're going to walk around with almost half a million dollars of jewelry on, you got to have proper security protocol at your church, dear brother. Do you understand? Okay. there's more. Uh, His message to the robbers was actually quite benevolent. The pastor said these men, they need to turn themselves in. I forgive you, and I'm praying for you, and I hope that God delivers you from the mindset of who you are at this time. Uh, And I will say this, uh, if somebody ran up uh, and robbed me in front of my family, I'm not forgiving a damn thing, I'm I'm not that Christian. So no, I forgive nothing if that ever happened to me, uh, and we need to go ahead and and take care of this in the criminal justice system. The individuals who did this, uh, they should be held accountable to the law, they should be caught. The bishop actually ran after them once this was done, and he was able to uh, identify their vehicle uh, and identify the direction they went in. Um, Armed robbers made off with $400,000 worth of jewelry, according to Global News, after storming into a church during the live stream. Fascinating stuff here. Okay, it's ironic because typically I'm reporting about how preachers are robbing the church and this is uh, different. Uh, So naturally children were there out of everything that happened and and everything that was stolen from the pastor and the first lady, and by the way, they should have commercial insurance. I'm sure this is gonna be covered. Uh, But the children who have been impacted by this, who saw this, there was one parent who described her little girl is unable to talk. She has gone completely silent. After witnessing her pastor being robbed and guns being in the faces of others. All right. Very sad situation. We're going to follow this because I do think they're going to be apprehended pretty soon. All right. Jackson, thoughts here.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, four hundred thousand dollars worth in jewelry is definitely a big heist. And as you pointed out, you know, they definitely had that plan because it came into the church. They went straight for him. They knew where he had his jewelry. As well as, you know, it's also you didn't cover, but he drives a Rolls Royce and things like that as well. So, you know, as you pointed out, if you you know, no matter who you are, if you're if you're known to be that type of flashy, um, you know, you're definitely potentially making yourself a target. So it's good that nobody got hurt. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, definitely, hopefully he moves forward with at least some type of security or doesn't, you know, do things quite so flashy. But uh, they made off with a pretty big hit for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to keep uh, following the story, bring you the update as it comes. An entire police department has resigned. Ironically, this police department, I'm talking about everybody, chief, everybody resigned because the city manager, the new city manager is progressively responsible And because she is progressively responsible, according to every police officer in this city, they are under a hostile work environment and they cannot perform their functions. Let's put up the picture of her and the chief. See, there it is right there. Black female becomes the manager of a town in North Carolina And literally within days, ladies and gentlemen, within days, the entire police department resigns. All of them, not one left. Let me give you the background to this story. All right. In protest of a newly appointed, progressively responsible town manager in North Carolina, the entire police force has turned in their two weeks notice because of their alleged hostile work environment. The New York Post reports that Kenley, that's the name of the city, police chief, Josh Gibson. All right, let's put that picture up again so you'll know who Josh is. That's Josh on the left, all right? On the right is African-American female who was recently appointed, really days ago, to be the manager of that city. I'm going to get into some of her background in a moment. The New York Post reports Kenley Police Chief Josh Gibson, a key clerk, and five of his officers quit their positions to express their disapproval of the new town manager, Justine Jones, a black woman. Now, let me remind you, those numbers seem low, right? You say, wait a minute, I thought you said the entire police department. That's right. They only have five cops. Normally, they have eight. They have five right now and according to them, they are simply unable to do their jobs, but they have had variations of five to eight police officers before the African-American female was placed in charge of them. But they did not resign until she got the job. There's more. In a Thursday announcement, the chief of police wrote and I quote, I have put in my two weeks notice along with the whole police department. Sharon Evans and Christy Thomas with the town of Kinley after 21 years of service. The new manager has created an environment I do not feel we can perform our duties and services to the community. In me researching this story, ladies and gentlemen, I could find no actual specific claim of misconduct, not one. They are continuing to cite hostile work environment, progressively responsible, understaffing. Wait a minute, you all have resigned because of someone being responsible? Because you need a couple of more people in your shift? That doesn't make sense. I'm gonna break down exactly what happened here, all right? So hired last month on June 2nd, as I said, the woman has only been there for days. Ms. Jones has had a history of progressively responsible positions, which the former force disapproves of. Ms. Jones has had nothing but a praised career during her years of public service, and I checked. Now, I'm gonna give you that background in a moment. So let me make it plain for everybody. They're not leaving because of a hostile work environment. Remember, if there's a hostile work environment, you have a protocol, you alert HR, HR would then investigate the matter and they will make a determination. Well, guess what? All of these government-protected employees, none of them went through the process or the protocol of filing an actual complaint for a hostile work environment. Why? Because internally, their own people would have found this is no hostile work environment. So they're making a claim without making a complaint. Understand that. They're making a claim without making a complaint. In addition to that, they have said on record, if the city... Liars, Mrs. Jones, they will come back, showing the premise of their entire scheme from day one. Let me say this to you, uh, Miss City Manager, and to the council that appointed you, stick to your guns, no pun intended. The greatest thing that could have happened to your city is to have all of these cops resign. Now you could bring in good cops, You could bring in police officers that can respect diversity and leadership. You can actually do the good work, Ms. Jones, that you have been trying to do for years in other states and other jurisdictions. You have a clean slate. You can do this. You can become an example to the rest of this country how it can be done the right way. They have given you a gift by resigning. How do you create policing in in the interim? The sheriff of that county has already come out and said he will work with the city to make sure that policing is done, create an MOU temporarily with the sheriff. Create another MOU with the closest jurisdiction of city police officers so that your residents can have access to 911 emergencies. That's how you do it. And in the process, three months, six months, you build a credible and respected and reputable police force. You only need eight, you can operate with five. Let's get this done. All right. Uh, Jones has had a dedicated career to public service over the last 16 years, during which she worked in progressively responsible positions with local governments in Minnesota, Virginia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. There's not one state or jurisdiction on record at all that had one negative thing to say about this young lady who has been in government service going on 20 years until she got to Kenley. All right, this is what change looks like. It's uncomfortable. There's resistance, but it's part of it. Criticism is the price you pay for leadership. And the day you are unwilling to be criticized is the day you are unfit to lead anybody. This is criticism, it's part of it. All right, Uh, Jackson thoughts on this case.
2: Yeah, so first let's talk about how ridiculous it is. After 21 years of service, nothing made you wanna quit. Nothing made you wanna throw in the towel. Other than this black woman who was on for a few days, that that was just a line too far on top of the fact that, you know, they we care so much about this community that we're all just going to quit and let, you know, just throw it up in God's hands or whatever. Just let Jesus take the wheel. But all this was at the end of the day was these men felt that, you know, they had put in too much blood, sweat and tears to, you know, operate under the influence and authority of some black woman. So that's all it was. And that was the line too far after two decades of service.
0: That's right. We will stay on this story because counsel has the decision to make. As I said, I do hope they stick with their choice with Ms. Jones. The spirit was right, and I think she's the right person. I said it needed to happen. All right. January 6th committee, they are now considering to send a subpoena to Jenny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, should have happened a long time ago. Uh, Here's what Cheney told uh, Jake Tapper.
2: Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, uh, repeatedly corresponded uh, with then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Trump lawyer John Eastman, who was pushing this deranged theory. Uh, she was writing to them about efforts to overturn the 2020 election results, not to mention her correspondence with Arizona lawmakers pushing fake electors. Uh, is your committee planning on talking to Ginny Thomas, even though her lawyer has expressed a, a reluctance to cooperate?
1: We are. The committee is engaged with her counsel. Uh, we certainly hope that she will uh, agree to come in voluntarily. But the committee is fully prepared to contemplate a subpoena uh, if if she does not um, I hope it doesn't get to that. I hope she will come in voluntarily. We've, we've certainly spoken with uh, numbers of people who are similarly situated in terms of the discussions that uh, she was having uh, that you've mentioned. So uh, it's very important for us to speak with her. And, uh, and as I said, I hope she will agree to do so voluntarily, but, but I'm sure we will contemplate a subpoena if she won't.
0: I've said a couple of things from day one. This January 6th committee, they wanted to be political. They wanted to be performative. They did not want to be probative, even though this investigation is necessary. The elements of performance that seem to outweigh the need for a probative investigation pissed me off. At one point, the chairman of the committee said they are not going to relay a, uh, an official criminal referral to the Department of Justice. I said, that's a mistake. Because if you are an investigative committee, if you find something that's illegal, send over your findings to the DOJ, that's not complicated. Now the DOJ, excuse me, now the January 6th committee may actually send criminal referrals to the the DOJ and they may include a referral for Trump himself. They also said that they're not going to subpoena Jenny Thomas, they sent her a request well, I would never send anybody a request. Why send a request when you can send a demand? A subpoena is a mandate to compel. Why are we talking about hope and wish probably when you have the power of subpoena? The constitution gave you that power, use it, okay? Now there's some more that's going on auxiliary wise. In addition to the committee, They are also looking for FBI agents to testify under oath about deleted text messages. Here's what Adam Schiff had to say.
3: Congressman Cheney also said the committee expects to hear again from Tony Ornato, that uh, lead Secret Service agent, um, and that both he and another have hired private criminal defense counsel. What does that suggest to you?
2: Well, uh, you know, I think if they're hiring criminal defense counsel, then they uh, probably have a concern about their uh, potential criminal liability. Um, We want to hear from these witnesses. Some we want to hear from again. Uh, We want to put them under oath if they weren't previously under oath uh, so that we can understand exactly what was happening on January 5th and January 6th. Uh, And we have profound concerns about what's going on at the Secret Service. We are now, for the first time, getting documents uh, that we had requested long, long ago there's one issue about why they weren't provided earlier, but they're also showing us some new things. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and furthermore, uh, we want to obtain those text messages uh, if there's any way to retrieve them. Uh, but either way, we want to get answers as to why those were destroyed.
0: All right, Adam, you're a smart guy most days, so I'm sure you peep game here. The reason why these agents are getting criminal defense attorneys is because they were under an order that they believed may have been illegal. And due to this order, they deleted the text messages. Do you think a Secret Service agent without being ordered to do something like that would do it anyway? Of course not. So Adam, while your investigation is focusing on the individuals who may have deleted it, I would steer the investigation to the person who ordered it. Now you can get some of them to turn state, quote unquote, against those who made that mandate that's the person you need to go after. And I have an idea of who it may be. I'll share that later. All right, Uh, let's talk about these messages being retrieved. All right? So this is what a former federal prosecutor said uh, at the DOJ. I think there's a likelihood we'll see a few messages come out. One possibility is going to um, other people in the conversation. So when I wipe my device, when I delete my entire conversation, it may disappear from my phone, but anybody else who was part of that conversation should have those texts on their device. So think of it like a table of contents that's been ripped out of a book. You might not be able to find the chapter page where the section of the book begins, but the story is still intact. There it is, all right? Uh, so they're trying to get secret service. They, they would like them to come under oath. Adam, once again, a dear brother, uh, send a subpoena. All right, Jackson, thoughts here? So I think that you know
2: what people really need to consider is that any type of organization, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a for-profit company, whether it's a government organization, it doesn't matter. People don't destroy records. People don't get rid of records. Like that's that doesn't happen for good reason because you're going to need those for all types of instances. So clearly, as you pointed out, they got the defense attorney because they were probably aware that they did something illegal. So obviously, we all know there's something fishy going on here. So like you said, send the subpoenas. And then I, I want to point out that before all this mess came out about Jenny Thomas, I didn't even know who she was. I didn't even know Clarence Thomas was married. I didn't really, you know, I mean, it's not like I go around thinking about Clarence Thomas all day, but it's like this, you know, this delusional woman. Is having this much of an impact on the functioning of the United States government. Obviously, it's unacceptable, but this is going on. I yeah. mean, yeah, so.
0: And, and let me remind everybody of two things Clarence Thomas has voted 100% uh, in alignment with his wife's advocacy, even when he has voted contrary to other conservatives of the court. He has always voted in line with her public advocacy. That's number one. Number two, a spokesperson from Secret Service said, based on their released message about what happened to these deleted text messages, the spokesperson said it was all part of a scheduled program. That's the first lie publicly told about this text message scandal. All right, we got more on the other side. It's Indisputable Stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. Before I get to the comments, um, we got a petition. California Secretary of State is claiming that more than one million signatures uh, to get an 18 minimum uh, dollar wage on the ballot. Uh, So they're saying they're not valid. So that's that's the rhetoric coming out. We need Governor Newsom to step up and hold a special election. So that working people of California can get a raise on average of six thousand two hundred and forty bucks. Sign the petition. Real simple, real easy and very necessary. T.Y.T.com forward slash C.A. Minimum Wage. That's T.Y.T.com forward slash C.A. Minimum Wage. Let's go ahead and share that. Let's get your friends to sign. Let's get your um, support group circle network, everybody. All right. Okay, we got a lot of comments. I will read as many as I can. I wish a Dragon Wood says four hundred thousand dollars. God is good. Conrad Williams. I su- I suspect that the cops' main objection is the fact that Miss Jones is a black woman. <laughs> there it is. All right. Uh, Mickey C, the silver-haired dragon, Doctor Ritchie. Can one of your oldest fans get a shout out for her seventy-fourth birthday? Eek! Not old enough to be this old. Happy birthday, right? And thank you for being so supportive and for always chiming in. All right, Caden baseball footage. Why Bishop trying to flex? Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would.
1: You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in, Sunday? You're, you're I feel great. You. Back off! I said, tell on, there's an African American man threatening my life. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I will go find out who possible here because, as far as I'm concerned, you are until you I'm can what? prove that you are where you're supposed to be I can by do way whatever of a marker on his property. By the way of a marker, because you want my property, I know I have rights. Okay, I'll figure For going how much here. you can clear. I know I have rights. I'm gonna clear all the way to the wall. I know rights. Yeah, okay? Well, and I want you to show me- I don't have where to show you, you nothing. Are, yes you do. You have to mark this, pal. pal you have to mark it. You're this. a beauty. Are you from you the city? You are a beauty. Are you from the city? Are you from the city? No, I grew up here. Excellent. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I want I want you to show me where you have- I don't have to show you nothing. Yes you do. I
2: know the wall
0: is the property line. Pal,
1: you gotta show I'm that. Oh good. Awesome. <laughs>
3: This
0: police. Okay, she does something more. I have more video. Uh, this Massachusetts Karen has approached a work crew as they are working. And she is demanding that they show her permits and papers. It's not her property, okay? She doesn't want other houses built around her. There's more.
2: How am I infringing upon anything?
1: Everything. I don't have need a permit for that.
0: Who cleared all that?
1: Yeah. To your stone wall. Did you hear law. me? I live here. You don't. There is no house. He's gonna here.
2: He's gonna live here. Okay. There's gonna be a house here, a big one.
1: Ooh, I'm so scared. Why are you trying to threaten me? Why are you trying to threaten
0: me? <laughs> there's no threatening. Yes, you are. There's
1: no threatening. Okay? You don't hear no, no. me, okay? I have a right to know what's happening on my We're head. property. Right to the stone wall. Right to the stone yep. wall. Yeah. Yep. So we can, see, you know, see everything. Yep. Mama will get you, big guy. Oh uh, no. Don't you worry. Yeah. Uh, you, no. you threatening me? What? Okay. No, I'm not threatening I you. I'm just making a statement. Beat yep. Yeah. Beat it. Beat Yeah. Or we'll bug somebody else. I'm not Wait till I build the I'm houses down below anybody. you. That's okay, because I have 16 acres too. I'll put my big houses right up next to your big houses. We'll have a That's my point, pal. That's my point. You don't live here because that's why you don't care. I do live here and I've been working my ass off.
0: Bye. Karen, are you afraid of new houses or maybe the families that will move into them? Okay. This is a first for me, she's mad at development of the community she lives in. Now typically there's an HOA or maybe some kind of organization where she can call or send an email and say, hey, what's going on here? She decided not to do that. Uh, These men obviously were well within their rights to continue uh, their particular work duties and they did give her information without providing a permit, which by the way, she could not demand. They did give her information. They said it was gonna be a house. It was gonna be a big house and that other houses were coming. What else do you need, Karen? They have explained to you what's going on here. All right, Jackson, thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I mean, if it was really of such a concern, she could have just, you know, calmly gone out there and said, Hey guys, what you doing? Are you guys building something? And then they would have told her. And if it was a further concern, as you pointed out, she could have called any number of local authorities who would have told her that there were permits to build there, problem solved. But it always kills me though when people put themselves in situations like this, especially women, where they assume that, you know, people won't hit them or people won't harm them. And it's like, eh, you don't know. So if this was a situation where these were two men who were up to no good, why would you just go out there and and, and provoke them like that? So, like you said, she just doesn't want any neighbors, and she's just looking for something to do. That's all it is.
0: Let's put up a picture for mass here. All right, still trying to identify. Whoa, still trying to identify all of the information related to this act of carnicity. Okay. You know, Matt Gates, United States Congressman under investigation for paying a minor for sex and traveling over state lines, possibly doing cocaine. Okay, so he said that the women who complain about having choice in America are too ugly to get pregnant anyway. Here it is,
2: have you watched these pro abortion, pro murder rallies? the
1: people are just disgusting like why is it
0: that the women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions (laughs) nobody wants to impregnate you if you look like a thumb (laughs) these people are odious on the inside and out they're like five two 350 pounds, and they're like, give me my abortions or I'll get up in March and protest. And I'm thinking, March? You look like you got ankles weaker than the legal reasoning behind Roe versus Wade. A few of them need to get up in March. They need to get up in March for like an hour a day, swing those arms, get the blood pumping, maybe mix in a salad. Matt Gates has gone full cocaine and white privilege. It's over, it's done, it's no helping him. He's going to the pokey, all right? I'm just waiting for that indictment day, countdown. So this individual, Matt Gates, who has become increasingly more ridiculous by the moment, he hangs out with Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's talking about bringing back Donald Trump through ridiculous schemes that won't even work. Yes, that Matt Gates has decided to take his platform, the trust that people place into him as a member, of the United States Congress, and he criticizes the weight of women. the Looks of women to land a political point that's really antithetical to women. And he gets a round of applause. You see Matt Gates, he's a problem, but he's not the problem. He's a manifestation of the problem. The problem are those that celebrate him. Those that will continue to vote for him, those that will continue to fund him. Those that will continue to produce the Matt Gates of the world. There's an audience now, you have members of Congress even contemplating eliminating this protection for interracial marriage in the United States. They want this to be a state right again. We're going backwards, they have a plan. This is part of their strategy of making America great again while only white men get to be in charge women regardless of race they take a back seat and this kind of uh, toxic masculinity permeates and becomes normative in the culture again we have done too much work. we have done too much work to become a people of diverse backgrounds when that constitution was written that constitution was not written for me and for most of you who are watching my show so let's be very clear about what they're trying to do all right Jackson thoughts on this
2: so you know, it's important to really pay attention to the fact that these people's ability to argue the reversal of Roe v. Wade is so poor that they have to go to just you know, basically misogynist manosphere arguments where it's all oh, you're too big and you got you a baby mama and don't nobody want you type of arguments. They really again have nothing to do. With the legalities of it to where women could be forced to bring babies to term that would literally kill them. You know, women that we're already seeing, very young women being forced to go to different states to have abortions because they can't within their state. But also, again, let's focus on just the premise of what he was saying about how, you know, it's always the women who don't, men will sleep with anything. And I'm not trying to be funny when I say that. I'm trying to say it's like there's this attitude as if these women are truly beneath the sexual exploits of men. Men just want to have sex. Not on top of that, that most people in the world aren't supermodels. So, what are you even getting at? Like, do people who aren't supermodels, who aren't six foot five and, you know, gorgeous to societal beauty standards, what they don't have kids, they don't have families? Like, so again, This is how comical and this is how ridiculous our political rhetoric has become to where this is their defense of what they've done. It's ridiculous.
0: And they get a roaring round of applause. Yeah. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Okay. Let me read some of these comments. Before I do that, um, remember, add the watch list, all right? Got the watch list with J.R. Jackson, the big homie. Great show, great live program. Weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. Eastern time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. All right, watch live, follow at facebook.com forward slash TYT. Or go to YouTube, make sure you subscribe, youtube.com forward slash watch list. T Y T. Shekita beer Dragon says, Karen be talking about rights, another care protecting the property of somebody else. She's talking about her right wing, not her rights. That's right. Lynn, I wonder how many five, two, three hundred-pound women were in gay's audience, let alone any women. Why are they laughing? Did they feel his comments didn't include them because they're pro-life? Kevin Bard. The ultimate Karen calling card, I know I have rights. And every time they say that it's literally them stomping on the right of somebody else. C Michael Henson, thank you for that C Michael. Matt Gates can't even get a grown woman, allegedly. This These pro-choice women couldn't even give him the time of day. His female co-workers probably still call him Creepy Gates. Yeah, all right, uh, Trudy Lawrence, uh, double doser. Thank you so much for joining, all right, okay. Very sad, all right? So remember the eight year old kid that we covered who got arrested, according to the authorities for stealing a bag of chips. Remember that it went viral, okay? Let me take you back to that because now the family is claiming they have arrested this eight year old child again and the police department in Syracuse, they are intentionally targeting a child. Here's that video that went viral. What is y'all
1: doing? What are y'all
3: doing? What is y'all
1: doing? Guess. Can you guess what I'm doing? He like a baby to me. Why you, why you? Guess what I'm doing. I don't know what you hey, doing. Guys,
0: I just you see know. you snatching him you up, don't up know. off
1: the. You're so Russell, what's going on then? He's stealing stuff. If he breaks into your house, to steal something. Nah, man. What are you, man, what you, you A bag of chips? So y'all treat me like a whole cold blood killer? Get, get, keep walking, dude. You don't even know what you're keep talking about. Keep walking. I do. That. I, I know what I just came up and see. I know the I just came up and see. Okay, what did you see? I see y'all snatching him off the back like. Don't ask me. Ain't yeah. he said it was he here? What is y'all doing? That's crazy. How old is he? What is y'all talking that's about, against, That's against the law. What is y'all doing? You put that What suit? is y'all doing? Oh, take. You, you If go he stole some chips, I'll pay for him. I'll pay for him. You don't even know where he lived. Higher ramp, you. Know all just thing? don't even. Come. That's what they do. They come here. What is what y'all cool, doing, bro, Leave bro, him he he alone. camera. That's all we can do. He a kid.
0: I checked with Syracuse, they actually have a non incarceration rule for minors as it relates to offenses, misdemeanors, etc. So the arrest was not warranted, period. Now, according to the family, they are going to have to sue. They They were about to let it go. They now have to sue because the eight year old was arrested again. And there seems to be a pattern of targeting this kid. Let me give you the background, all right? Since that incident went viral, the department, they have continued to single out this child according to the uh, uh, parents and the attorneys. The attorney said while the child was on his way to Shilla Park pool, he was accosted by the police. The child's trip to go swimming was impeded by law enforcement and a purported video exists showing him in handcuffs again as the officers investigated a robbery. A video purportedly attached to the claim shows the eight-year-old remained in handcuffs for up to 10 minutes before being released without being charged with anything. That's exactly what happened to him the first time. Now remember, there's a protocol, a law that prohibits officers from incarcerating minors For petty offenses. You do have to call the parents if you feel as if that's necessary. The SPD, Syracuse Police Department, confirmed in a statement the boy was detained in handcuffs at the park as officers investigated an alleged armed robbery. There was no robbery. There was no robbery. That's coming from the police. So, wait a minute. The police, they're not saying. He's not the person that did it. They're saying a robbery did not even happen. According to Lieutenant, let's put his picture up. Matthew Malinowski, two groups were fighting. He also noted the boy was later released to his family despite doing nothing. The lieutenant said in the statement the boy was not charged and no gun was recovered. So what is the family doing now? Okay. So now, you gotta seek legal action. So the family is seeking legal action on Wednesday, July 20th. Child's father, Anthony Way, who hired the two civil rights attorneys announced the plans to file a lawsuit, hoping the three officers involved in the incident will be terminated and that the child receives millions of damages on behalf of the family. They placed a notice of claim in motion against the Syracuse Police Department and the city of Syracuse. A notice of claim is required to alert a city of a future lawsuit and to establish rules for a conversation about the potential settlement. Uh, Now this is common for pretty much every government. You have to send them a warning shot, so to speak, legally. You have to send them an intent to sue is what this letter does. Uh, But it also lays out their case of why this is pending. Uh, Let's go to the chief. So the Syracuse police chief, his name is Joseph Cecil. On the original incident says, he believes while there were low points during the incident, the ultimate outcome, including the boy being released to his dad, was an example of community policing 101. It's, it's amazing when they when they lose, they want you to say, we're winning. When they violate the rights of somebody, they want you to give them a hero cookie. When they go outside of the boundaries of their profession and they violate a kid, they still want you to think, well, that it's a good thing. This is the culture of policing. There was a time when nobody would ever believe that a police department is targeting an eight year old kid. But think about this, that eight year old kid because of how they treated him has created significant embarrassment to that police department. You don't think if some of these cops saw this kid and said that's the one, You don't think they will mess with them? They literally said he he fit the description of a robber, and no robbery had taken place. What do you think they're doing? All right. Jackson, thoughts on this?
2: So, you know, a lot of people from the outside looking in, you know, don't understand that these police departments literally view black communities as staying within the greater community in their eyes. And, you know, you have to get to them early. You gotta get them out of here early. I mean, just look at the anger that is totally unnecessary for dealing with a child. If you're a grown man, again, it's reflection of how they look at the community in general. So, you know, these three officers absolutely should be fired. An example should be set. But again, the bigger problem is is the hiring process of bringing people in who look at blacks as stains on the greater community, and that's that's all it is.
0: Very well said. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. We'll read as many as I can, kind of press for time. Uh, Lynn says, do the Syracuse police have uh, baby size handcuffs on their belt? Yeah. All right, uh, Tyler Hackner, uh, thank you for that, Tyler. Trained to be utter non-empathetic monsters. Um, H Entertainment 19, thank you for being a member for two months. We appreciate you. Also Twitch, um Sharpie Diesel. He should have never been apprehended in the first place. There you go, there you go. All right, we did a story not too long ago about Sesame Place and their characters being racist against black kids. We now have additional video that shows it's a pattern. Of these characters doing the same thing to other black children. In addition to that, those who were protesting this dynamic have been arrested. So let me take you back to that first video that went viral, here it is. So sad, the look on their face, the look on their faces says it all, right? Now, we were hoping this was a one-off. That this was something abnormal, not routine. Check this video out. There's actually a lot more video. We do not have the time to show it all on this program. So two activists who have been protesting this mess related initially to the character Rosita. Two of them have been arrested in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. This happened Saturday. Their protest follows those viral videos. Police say the two men were arrested for disorderly conduct. After their uh, warnings, after the cops warned them for blocking the sidewalk, blocking the sidewalk at the street. The two men were among a crowd of civil rights activists, including several local Black Panther parties, urging families to boycott the children's theme park. Police say the two men were a 50 year old uh, from New Jersey and a 46 year old from Camden, all right? Uh, their names have not been released for the record at this time. Okay, so really interesting. So organizers say they wanna see changes. That's what they're saying for the record. They wanna see changes to the parks hiring and training policies. Your staff should not treat any child different than the other. If you're hugging children, then hug all the children, said Elijah Vine, one of the new Black Panther Party leaders in DC. Sesame place has apologized to the family, they've said, oh, we're sorry. They've apologized to the family and in a statement released on Saturday. Calling what happened unacceptable and says they are now instituting mandatory training for all employees so that we can better recognize, understand and deliver an inclusive, equitable and entertaining experience for all our guests. Well, look at that, Sesame place finally got in touch with their PR person. Initially when this happened, the parent decided to make a complaint with management, management brushed her off. Management initially told her, "Oh, there's no way for us to know who's in the Rosita costume. That's what management said. How do you get Rosita, whoever is in the costume, their check. How many Rosita costumes do you have lying around here? What kind of operation do you have? So that was the first lie. And then the second lie on the record was that, Okay, this had nothing to do with ah, racism or bias. Um, the person couldn't see the other children and that's what happened. Once again, false. They eventually did their internal investigation and they came out with a flat footed apology. There's more. All right, uh, organizers are also calling for the employee in the costumed character to be terminated. It is unclear if that has or will happen. Uh, Let's put up Benjamin Crump, the family's attorney. So both little girls joined Ben Crump and the family's attorney uh, B. Ivory Lamar for a press conference in New York City, okay? This is not big stuff, all right? You saw the video, Crump said. You look in their eyes when Rosita just ignores them as if they are invisible as if they're insignificant Attorney Lamar added, we've also received copies of emails of the same complaint being made to Sesame Place about their character's conduct. So again, they have been put on notice well before last Saturday. Lamar went on to say that they want action from Sesame Place regarding this incident and not just apologies. Wow, all right, Jackson thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, so I just remember, you know, when I first saw this, it, it seemed like something that wasn't real. It seemed like a joke or like somebody was just doing something funny with the camera. But to see multiple examples of it, you know, just goes to reflect, like we talk about here on the show all the time the power of culture, the fact that racism is one of the building blocks of this country, and the fact that moving forward, we simply have to beat the forces that are growing. So, you know, hopefully, whoever was in that suit does get fired. Um, but uh, obviously, their hiring practices need a very close look. Um, but who's running the company? It all starts from the head down. Yeah.
3: All right.
0: Interesting story. This is a saga. Black woman who owns a daycare gets credible accusations from the kids under her care that her husband who happens to be a former Baltimore police officer. Her husband was in fact molesting them, so she shot her husband. She confronted him, she shot him. According to the report, she initially reported this to Baltimore PD. However, it is unclear if they ever investigated her husband, who is once again a former Baltimore cop. Let me give you. The background to this story. Let's put her picture up for mass here, okay? Her name is Shantiri Weems, owner of Little Kids Daycare Center in Baltimore County. Miss Weems initially tried to report the abuse to Baltimore police after hearing allegations from children. It is unclear if they ever took it seriously. So police responded to a call that came in around 7:40 p.m. Or reports of a man shot on the eighth floor of a hotel. By that time, officers had arrived. Weems barricaded herself in the hotel room. There's more. When the officers arrived at the hotel room, the woman identified as 50 year old Miss Weems began to talk to them through the door. Officers asked Miss Weems to come outside so they could assist the man that was shot. But she then informed them that she would shoot herself if they came into the room. As the conversation continued through the door and the officers tried to confirm if there was a shooting victim, Weems yelled, he's a child molester. Now, I'm going to actually highlight her side of events here because she's been arrested, all right? And I hope she gets a great criminal defense attorney. The guy's alive, all right? She didn't kill him and she did not want to kill him. Shantiri described, how the incident began. This is her description of it. Weems claims that the cause made her emotional and she decided to bring up the allegations to her husband. All right, now keep in mind, she's in charge of the daycare. She believes these allegations, she's in a complex emotional place. And she confronts her husband. During that conversation, Weems said the situation escalated into an argument. And at some point during the argument, her husband stood up and walked towards her. Weems says that's when she retrieved her gun and shot her husband. I mean, what do the police say again? Ah, I was in fear of my life. There you go, Oh, it didn't work for her. Okay, uh, James Weems was able to inform officers through a door that he was shot in the leg. After confirmation, officers made entry into the room at about 8-11 pm to treat the victim, Detain Ms. Weems according to court documents. Weems expressed that she did not wanna kill her husband, she just wanted justice. Now remember, these are kids under her care. These kids have credible allegations that she likely believes. She reports these uh, accusations to the police. Police do nothing. According to the narrative. Now, police say they found a letter inside the room already written by Miss Weems. The letter asked that Weems was hoping to paralyze her husband and that she wants justice for the kids at her daycare. I bet they investigate if he is a child molester now. All right, that's all I got to say about it. Uh, Jackson thoughts here.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's clear that she shot him in the leg. You know, her intent obviously wasn't murder, and the fact that she reported these issues, um, you know, she definitely has a credible defense on her side. But this is just really a tricky issue because, you know, what do you do when you actually go forth and report these types of issues to law enforcement, but you, you know, can't necessarily get them to budge, or maybe you don't have direct evidence? You know, eventually people take things into their own hands. So, You know, uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a way for them to look into this, or they just didn't look into it harder, uh, you know, uh, initially. But uh, luckily, her husband isn't dead, and perhaps he can face some justice for uh, the accusations held against him.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right, Jackson, always a pleasure, dear brother. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work.
2: Oh, yeah. Check me out on Rebel HQ. I do uh, just political analytics and reaction videos Monday through Friday. And I'm um, here with uh, Dr. Rashad all the time, as well as watch list all over. So just uh, keep your eye out. Oh, and August 2nd, I'll be doing um, some primary breakdowns with John and Francesca. So
0: definitely look forward to that.
2: To that. Oh, yeah. Good stuff.
0: All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate all you do, man.
2: All right. Appreciate you for having me.
0: Absolutely. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. A Florida teacher um, at a Christian preschool assaults a two-year-old. Insane, put the picture up full mass here, I'm gonna give you the background. Uh, A Florida preschool teacher at a Christian academy has been charged with felony child abuse after she was allegedly caught on camera forcefully grabbing a two-year-old several times and in another incident causing the child to literally fall to the ground. Her name is Rebecca Lynn Byrd, 62 years of age. Has been arrested and charged with child abuse just six days after being hired as a preschool teacher. So Bird was working at the Aldersgate Community Christian Learning Center located in the Aldersgate United Methodist Church. This is in Largo, Florida. The school has not yet publicly commented on the incident. The sheriff, the sheriff's office released a statement addressing it saying and I quote, According to deputies, the victim's mother was informed by the school that her child had been the victim of battery. That's how this started. During the investigation, deputies discovered that Miss Byrd forcefully grabbed the victim several times and in another incident caused the victim to fall to the ground. Deputies also discovered that the incidents were captured on the school's surveillance video. Byrd was employed as a preschool teacher at Aldersgate Christian Learning Center from July twelfth, twenty twenty two, until she was terminated on the morning of July eighteenth, twenty twenty two, after the school had reviewed the surveillance video. At this time, deputies believe there are no additional victims. Bird seems to have a heavy history here. All right, this is where this is why I fought the system. The arrest appears. To have been the most recent of Byrd's run ins with law enforcement. In the early 80s, the defendant bearing the same first, middle, and last name and the same date of birth was convicted of one count of theft and another count of nonviolent resisting or obstructing a peace officer. In addition to multiple reckless and careless driving citations, the defendant matching the same aforementioned identity markers was also found guilty of DUI 2001, 2005. And 2017, according to online records, Bird was in fact released from jail after posting a whopping $5,000 bond for felony child abuse. Under Florida state law, child abuse is a third-degree felony. Penalty: uh, the penalty is punishable up to five years in prison uh, or five years of probation. All right. Now highlight this because the protocols have to be in place, even if you are a private Christian organization. All right, I know some good people in the United Methodist Church, very good people. Many years ago, I used to be a youth minister in the United Methodist Church. Decent organization. You got some people, free-thinking individuals, all right? However, sometimes the very basic protocols of how we should vet individuals are abandoned for the sake of religious industries. Just because a person is a born-again Christian or they share your religious, spiritual values. That does not mean it creates any level of negligence for you to not do an exhaustive vetting process of that person. Especially when they work around children, David thoughts here.
2: Anybody who works around children, in my view, ought to be going through a criminal background check and a lot of jobs out there. You have to, so that raises the question, did they do a criminal background check? And maybe they found that she had this record, but because she was born again and maybe she had made peace with her past, they decided, okay, we'll take a risk. Either way, I think the school sounds like they are liable here. And look, the parents should be able to have the right to know, does my teacher have the qualifications? Did my teacher spend some time in jail? Do they have a criminal record and let the teacher decide, hey, or let the parents decide hey you know maybe i'm willing to have my child in the school or not but for the school not to communicate that if they knew it to the parents uh,
3: is reprehensible
0: what's happening welcome back we got a lot of show left let me read some of these comments um, you can see the silverhead dragon says we can't identify who is in that costume so whom do you issue a paycheck exactly Uh, kind Shik- uh, Shikai- the night Nye- dragon Jim Henson would be rolling over in his grave. Yeah. All right. And Metal Kitty Mom talking about the woman who shot her husband who was molesting children at her daycare. Uh, she's protecting those kids from a child predator. Uh, she has 100% of my respect. Uh, to me, it's a clear self-defense argument. He was aggressively approaching her in the hotel room. She did not know what she was. Uh, she did not know what his intent uh, his uh, intention was, and so she shot him. And she did not try to kill him. Either. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. We have today Benjamin Yanian, who is a recent graduate of the University of Minnesota. Majored in philosophy, double majored in business and political science. Really smart guy, understands the constitution. All right, Benjamin, thank you for being on the show, sir, how are you?
4: Thanks for having me, I'm doing great, how are you?
0: I'm doing quite well. Uh, We are going to chop it up about the SCOTUS decision in New York and in a larger context, how the constitution empowers uh, your right to bear arms. And also, what solutions are available that are not being implemented? That could actually curb some of the violence, mass shootings, et cetera, we have seen in America. So I don't want to presume what you believe about those topics. So I would give you an opportunity to express and then opine.
4: Okay, so first, um, on the recent Supreme Court case about the New York firearms regulation that was struck down, I believe that was a rightfully decided case. You know, the test that the Supreme Court employed was whether or not the New York firearm regulation in question was consistent with the history and tradition of firearms regulations in the United States. The Supreme Court ruled that, you know the requiring individuals to show proper cause or that they had a special need for self-defense, which was distinguishable from that of the general community, um, to require individuals um, to do that in order to obtain a concealed carry permit, you are for all intents and purposes, Barring ordinary law abiding citizens in the general community from carrying weapons um, in public for self defense purposes. And that just did not appear to be consistent with the historical regulations in this country. They went through, you know, common law um, in the past. You know, offenses tend to relate to being armed to the terror of the people. Um, There are a lot of 19th century legislation um, that was brought up, but those were mostly in western territories and they weren't very long lasting. And so in and as a whole, um, that strong of a regulation barring ordinary law abiding citizens from carrying arms in public just wasn't consistent um, with our history and tradition of firearms regulations. They ruled it unconstitutional. And in effect what this does is it requires states to have an objective path for law abiding citizens to carry firearms. Um, and so it would you know some boxes to check and if you check those boxes at the end of the day you get your concealed carry permit um, on top of that you know the question is are some of the new laws that are going to be coming out in response are they going to be constitutional New York just passed a new concealed carry law. Um, I wrote an article about that in Newsweek and we can discuss that more if you'd like um, but in terms of what can be done to curb mass shootings, I don't think this isn't a very you know sexy answer or anything, but I don't think there's a clear cut solution <laughs> to this problem. Now, there are certainly things that can be done. There were things in the bipartisan um, bill that I supported, some things that I didn't support. I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but I, I don't think we have a lot of evidence for the effectiveness or the ineffectiveness of many gun control laws. And so I would support things like bolstering school security um, for in relating to school shootings for mass shootings more generally, I would support um, concealed carry laws like the Supreme Court um, now is requiring states to have that are more objective so that law abiding citizens can carry arms to defend themselves and others. I'm actually a supporter of constitutional carry Um, in Indiana. We just saw an individual stop an active shooter in a mall. Um, Indiana just became a constitutional carry state. (laughs) <laughs> which means you don't need a permit, obviously, to carry a firearm if you can legally own one. So those okay. are just a few things. I know we'll discuss more.
0: All right. So let me let me go down some of the list here because you've made Absolutely. some interesting points. Um, so I agree with you on the New York dynamic. Uh, New York created uh, a very subjective standard. According to the court, it needs to be an objective standard. New York corrected that immediately and they're moving forward, okay? So that's fine. Now, it comes back to a very common sense dynamic. And I'm gonna say a statement and qualify it later. There was something seriously wrong with the United States Constitution. I'm gonna qualify that in a minute. Can a citizen bring their gun into the US Supreme Court? No. No, why?
4: Well, it's a federal building
0: for one. And they can regulate it, correct? Yes. With, with whatever standard they choose. So you gotta understand that part of these federal facilities, they can regulate how a citizen comes onto their property (coughs) by whatever standard they choose. But that same body, that same federal court says that a city does not have the ability to do the same. Well, the city is empowered and entrusted by actual people. Like literally, there's a government structure, a building is not. So the Supreme Court says for public buildings, we get to regulate this without any any restriction, but a city government, the people in the local community cannot. So that's one point, that's a common sense argument. The reason why I said there's something seriously wrong with the US Constitution, dear brother, is Benjamin, I want you to go back to the framers of the Constitution. Because you're talking about um, constitutional care, we'll get into that in a moment. The right to bear arms, we can argue about what arms meant back then. For many, actually, it actually meant knives. Um, so this right to bear arms dynamic, and it talks about for the people. Right, the word people is a a continual term in the constitution. When the constitution was written for the people, by the people. Who wrote the constitution? They say it was written by the people, old ass white man did. Who was it written for? Who are people in the constitution? Who benefits from the rights they codified on paper? When they said people, they weren't talking about people, dear brother. They were talking about white men, in particular white men that owned property or were wealthy. White men that did not own property could not even vote or run for office. Women did not have these gun rights or the right to bear arms, which would suggest based on the linear logic of the argument from the right, is that women had no right of self defense based on the framers of the Constitution. So this document, and I wanna ask you this, this document was not written for me. You agree with me on that statement, right?
4: Um, at the time, I, I I think that there's a lot of debate about that. I mean, debate me. Frederick Frederick Douglass said that uh, not a single word needed to be changed in the Constitution for slavery to end tomorrow. Um, he famously said that. He said that the um, the Declaration of Independence and in the United States Constitution were anti-slavery documents. So while I agree with you that you know these the founders. Um, there was a lot of debate at the Constitutional Convention as to you know what, how far would they go with some of these issues? And yes, there were a lot of people who were barred at the time. I agree mm-hmm. with you. Was not written, you know, for women. Was not written for minorities. That I do agree with. Okay, you, but I don't think that these documents themselves are discriminatory documents.
0: All right. So let me. Okay, you don't think so? You know, in the uh, Declaration of Independence, Native Americans are referred to as savages even though white men are the ones that killed them trail of tears. You mean to tell me that the fact that white men wrote that did not play into the bias of the document?
4: Oh, I'm not saying that these men did not hold biases and that was a terrible okay. statement. There was a lot of animosity between obviously Native Americans and, and, and Americans. The trail of tears was a historic tragedy no, no, the in the United Americans, States.
0: No, we white Americans, fine, fine, white Americans, white
4: Americans. Um, but if we're talking about the actual principles underpinning these documents, they are not discriminatory principles. And if we're talking about the Second Amendment in particular, barring minorities from Second Amendment rights was a huge way of racist Americans at the time to control minority populations. Um, Frederick Douglass again to cite him, said that the work of abolitionists is not complete until blacks were given the right to bear arms in this country we have. I agree
0: with I agree with all of that. The point I want to make to you is if there was a document written to create governance and a moral and ethical guide for political and policy leadership. But the men who wrote it did not believe you were an actual man. You would not want to live under that kind of document. Because it's not written for the people, it was written for white men that own property. It was not written by the people, it did not represent the diversity of thought. For example, the reason why you don't have, let's say, a common sense dynamic in the constitution to talk about a woman's right to choose. The reason why that doesn't exist is because of what? Because no women were allowed to partake in that activity. So that's why I say there's something wrong with a document that can be so one-sided, lacks diversity of thought and lacks diversity of ethnicity, and it is meant to govern the most diverse country on the planet Earth. You don't think that's a problem, dear brother?
4: I would push back against that completely. I okay. think that we should be looking more at the again, you point out that you know, referring to Native Americans as savages is 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 obviously not okay. Racist. Um, but That's i racist, think but right? i think we need to look at I, absolutely absolutely okay, there you go. sorry so sorry, racism so is in
0: work. the declaration of independence good we we'll agree go ahead
4: but 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 the principles of freedom and liberty underpinning those documents they are not racist and so just because a bad person or people with poor beliefs mm-hmm. created something does mm-hmm. not mean that that exact thing should be thrown out, we need to look at the constitution itself. Now, obviously there were amendment processes, we, right, we proved, abolished slavery. That, we, that means we can amend the constitution. That's right, that means the
0: original but constitution was flawed, brother. The absolutely, amendments think, are corrections, that's what they are. So sure. the, the constitution admits that there's something wrong with the constitution.
4: The constitution admits it is not perfect at yeah. creation, and that the people should, should amend it by certain processes. And okay. um, we don't we don't disagree about that. I just don't want to have us insinuate that the entire constitution is, you know, for naught and needs to be thrown out just because oh, no, the no, 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 wrote it, it has
0: huge moral flaws. It, it just needs to be written by the people at some point. Okay, that's all. So there are some laws that most people are calling for. I'm going to ask you a question about these particular laws to support gun safety. All right. So of Americans, this is based on John Hopkins study. 75% of Americans actually would like to see a licensing protocol before a person is able to carry a gun. 63% of gun owners are actually for that. And 70% of Republicans surveyed by John Hopkins University are actually for that prerequisite. Now it sounds like you are not because you cited constitutional carry. Which basically is the elimination of a government protocol in order to conceal carry a weapon. So you believe in constitutional carry because. You have the right to bear arms is in the Constitution, so there should not be a hindrance to you exercising that right. Is that basically it?
4: No, no, no okay. I don't. I'm not sorry. I apologize. I was not trying to make a legal argument that constitutional carry is okay. necessary. I'm just saying I personally favor constitutional carry. But um, from a standpoint of having a licensing process, I think that that's totally permissible. And I okay. actually am fine with states creating those standards as again, as long as they are objective. Um, I, for example, some states have have a requirement for classroom training, mm-hmm. for live fire training and where you actually have to pass a test um, before you can get your concealed carry permit. To me, those are objective, those are totally fine.
0: All right, I wanna challenge you on your personal belief. The next show is coming up, so I gotta do this quick, Absolutely. something for you to think about. Since you personally believe that constitutional carry is is okay for a state that passes it, it is okay. I want you to think about this, bearing arms is a right, correct? Correct. We agree, is voting a right?
3: I agree, I do, thanks for voting.
0: In order to exercise your right to vote, you must register and you must present an ID or some other corresponding document required by the government. People that argue constitutional carry, they're saying you do not have to register, you do not have to submit to a permit, you do not have to do anything with the government because it is a fundamental right that you have. Now, I'm not saying, brother, that we need to transform all rules and laws and procedures. What I'm saying is there's great hypocrisy in the constitutional carry argument when you don't have the same linear logic for constitutional voting.
3: Sure.
4: I, I again, I personally think that you should be able to carry arms. I think that it makes the general population safer. That's a big reason I support constitutional carry. But like I said, I have no issues with having people go through a process to obtain a permit. Maybe we can talk about how that relates to voting more later.
0: All right, next time I'm gonna bring on the show, we'll talk about that. It was a good debate, I appreciate you coming.
4: Thank you, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely, all right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth, as always. Indisputable.